Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mad Ramblings. I'm your host, Robert Oberst. Really excited about today's show. We've got some really great stuff going on. Let's get into it. World's Strongest Man 22 just wrapped, and your king is the Scottish monster, Tom Stoltman. Two-time back-to-back. Oh, my goodness. Well, not two-time back-to-back. He is the two-time champion, the back-to-back champion. 2021-2022, Tom Stoltman comes out and finishes what a great show. Oh my gosh. It was so good. I was sitting at home and for the first time, World's Strongest Man was giving out live updates. Literally, like in the moment, like as it was happening, putting updates up on the website. And they've never done that before. It's the first year that people didn't have to you know, translate some Russian assistance notes from Reddit and sneak scores, you know, into Facebook and all that kind of stuff. It's It was the easiest year ever to understand how things were going. And also, I, I think it was the best year in terms of uh, World's Strongest Man keeping their footage and not, not having a lot of stuff shared. This, this was the, the best for it. Um, you know, and you know that's not for those of us that weren't there watching like uh the videos mean a lot when they pop out but i'm i'm really stoked to see that world's actually got a grip on what they were trying to do what they've been trying to do for years they've they've been trying so hard to you know have people at the show but keep the show under wraps long enough that they could get it edited properly and put it out there and they get a lot of flack from it online all the all the people who are either new fans or just you know want to complain regularly those people are all you know why isn't it live how come we don't have tickets and you know, like all the same stuff and and uh I really feel like worlds took a big step forward this year in presenting results but keeping their footage. Really, really good move. Really good move by World's Strongest Man this year. And, uh, man, what a show. What a show. Both Stoltman brothers in the finals, um, in the groups, if uh, if you guys were watching, you'd see, you saw that uh, Brian Shaw had um, what looked like a walk in the park turn out to end up being a fight. Um, Mitchell Hooper the Canadian um, rookie came out and put on a show, won the group. And uh, to be fair to Brian, I feel, I feel like watching everything and and seeing how things are going. And and I also, I've got a little bit of insider knowledge (laughs) with all of that. I was watching Brian um, push forward at the beginning. And I think he realized going into like uh, the third or fourth event that, that winning that group would take much more of a fight than just getting to the stone off. And uh, he weighed his options and decided not to push for winning the group. But if we were in the finals, you know, if that group was the final group, um, I think you would have seen a different outcome. And, and not to take anything away from Mitchell, oh my gosh, what a monster. Like, you won the group. Like, that's insanity, man. Look, looked amazing. Came out and looked great in the finals. Took off. I think he won the first event. He got top two in the first three. 
was just looking great. And then um, his rookie card started showing a little bit. And Mitchell, if you're listening to this, man, I love you, buddy. You like your attitude, your style. There's no insult in what I'm saying here, just so you know. But, um, yeah, his rookie start, rookie card started showing a bit. And uh, you could see where he needs to, to get better. And um, he was fortunate in the show that it took all the way until – you know, halfway through the finals before his weakness really showed. And so, obviously, they're not glaring weaknesses. They're holes, but you got to fill them holes. And and to tell a rookie, you know, anything negative after he shows up and goes to the finals as a rookie and does well, you know, it's 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 going to fall on deaf ears. I'm sure he doesn't care what I got to say. I wouldn't have cared when my rookie year when I was in the finals. I didn't listen to nobody telling me what to do. But all that aside, I think uh, a year or two under the belt and Mitchell's a perennial contender. I, I, I'm really excited to see that. I was heartbroken that JF Crone blew out his knee and that he was calling it a career, you know. So to have a new Canadian representative to stand out and be strong, to just fill those shoes that JF Carone had had filled for a better part of a decade, you know, congratulations, Mitchell Hooper. Um, the top three, we haven't even haven't even got into this. So top three was obviously number one, Tom Stoltman. Number two was a big surprise. Martins Lisi's pulls out. I think he was he was in like fifth or sixth. Uh, he was right right where Brian was going into the Stones, and he just murdered Stones. And um, he he also finished well with the Power Stairs. And th- this year, the Power Stairs and the Stones each had a run-in, which changes everything. So those of you guys who don't know, a run-in means they put the Power Stairs like five yards away from the actual steps you got to climb up. So you've got to pick it up and duck walk it over and then pick it up the stairs. And that's a whole different thing. The, um, the stairs themselves are rough, especially for shorter people. You saw, you saw Novikov basically lost his championship on those power stairs, and um, that's the thing about strongman is you gotta wait to the end, man. You don't know what's gonna happen till the end, and, and even though it looked like Novikov was just cruising, it it seemed like Tom never lost faith. Tom never shook, and uh, you know got got to the last couple events where Tom shined much brighter than Novikov in the last two events. And um, it was they were just his events. Tom is the stone man. Like, <laughs> there's nobody out there who wants to face Tom in stones, you know. And uh, it just seemed like such an uphill battle when you were looking at the scorecards early. It just looked like Novikov ran away with it. And it looked like Brian had fallen you know, beyond repair. And it looked, it looked all just like a whole new spread. It looked like Novikov had, had, had come back and, you know, done it, which man, what a Cinderella story. That would be the, the Ukrainian strongman coming and representing his country in the middle of war and, uh, to win would have been amazing for him. A little heartbroken that it didn't happen. But he did get on the podium. 
and uh, he did great. So your top three was number one, Tom Stoltman, number two, Martins Lises, and number three was Novikov. And um, Brian, man, Brian Shaw showed up and had a slow start. Um, the the first run, the yoke slash carry they had, like it was the knack load medley. Brian, it was down to seconds, you know, where where like, you know, two seconds faster, two seconds slower is, you know, a four, five, six point swing. And um, Brian, unfortunately, took the low end of that swing on that first load medley. And then he just got into, you know, the back pocket, so to say, of the show. And it just, it was not looking like Brian was going to get to actually show all the work that he'd been putting in. And I, I know the work he'd been putting in. I talked to Brian. I watch his stuff. Um, Brian's the consummate professional. And um, I knew how hard he'd worked. I'd spoken to him recently, and, and he was feeling good. And so watching him struggle was was breaking my heart, man. It was killing me. And, um, man, he... He turned around, he's got, he got his opportunity and he picked it up. He picked up the pace. He started, you know, moving forward and doing better and better. And, you know, he turned it around by doing really well in the, the behind the neck press really, really well in his, his power stairs and then into the stones and everything. And Brian climbed back, almost back onto the podium ended up in fourth place, which I I think uh, for most of the competition, he was in seventh or eighth place. And uh, that's the thing, man. It's like I said, the sport is, it's not, it's not one that you can judge real quickly. And it's not one that you can even say, I mean, yes, there's a competition that says who's the world's strongest man. Right. But in reality, all of us know that on any given day, there's about eight guys-ish, you know, maybe I'm off, but there's about eight guys who could be the strongest man in the world, depending on the situation and events. And when somebody as iconic as Brian Shaw has a rough start, you really get to see what they're made of. You really get to see, you know, is this, has this person really put in the work that's required to push this, to come back, to mount some kind of offense, to stand out and show, you know, like I can stop the skid, like this mudslide's taking me down, but I can put the brakes on it and I can turn it around. To be able to do that takes a very special individual and, I'm, I'm, my bias is showing a little bit, but I am so freaking proud of Brian Shaw. I am so proud of the way he fought back, just like a real warrior, like a real champion. Great show, World's Strongest Man. World's Strongest Man 2022 was amazing, amazing. And I'm super stoked just to see exactly how uh, it all gets edited and put together and comes out. And then next year, your boy's gonna be back. And I'm coming. 2023, World's Strongest Man. I'm coming. A lot of other stuff going on today, guys. We are 
just plugging along, training for World Strongest Man's going great. I'm, I'm just, I'm in a rhythm. I'm in a freaking rhythm, guys. There's no other real way to describe it. I'm, I'm in a place now where, you know, like just yesterday, I I done all my workouts. I'd gotten everything done, and I I was sitting at the house. I'd gotten some writing done, and I even hit the sauna already. And it was still early. It was like 4 p.m. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? Like, I don't want to sit here and do nothing. I don't want to sit here and watch TV. And, you know, I'd like, I, I finally decided I was like, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to go to the gym, get a little extra in. I'm going to, I'm going to bust my ass and sweat. There's always something you can do. So I went in and got some extra farmers in, some extra sandbag carries, and some accessory stuff on my legs and stuff, and then went for a nice long hike. And I just, I don't want to be cheesy, guys, but the universe just keeps telling me that I'm on point. The universe keeps telling me, giving me a little sign, saying, you're doing the right thing. Keep doing the right thing. Keep working hard. Keep your head down. Keep working hard. And when I do that, Oh, man, I feel it and I see it every single day. It's it's a great feeling, guys. And um, shoulders feeling good. Everything's starting to come back great. I, I've been, been doing a little bit more every single day on the upper body stuff. Deadlift is going good. Squats are going good. Everything. Super excited. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I've got next week of training just about to start. And we're... Cranking it up another level. A couple weeks, then I'll be head. <clears throat> Excuse me. A couple weeks, then I'll be heading down to California to uh, hang out in the land of the lost with uh, my family. Just spend spend uh, like a week and a half hanging out on the beach where I was born. I was born in a little hippie town in California. For those of you who don't know, that's why um, I'm a psychopath because I was born in a hippie town. Raised by gypsies and bikers, and then spent my formidable years in Texas and Idaho. So I'm crazy. <laughs> but yeah, super excited to get down there. And like, it's one of my favorite places to train. I love being able to wake up and do hills. And the thing about California, at least in the places, almost everywhere in California, um, I'm sure there's flat spots, but every almost everywhere in California, there's hills all over the place. You know, it's uh, a great, beautiful place to go get your cardio and your workout in when you're, I always like to run the stairs by the beach. Uh, there's the sea cliff stairs that I always hit while I'm there and my, my rental property I got a couple random properties, actually. I'm big time in it. I got a couple. That way, uh, my whole family could be comfortable. So we got a couple rental properties all right there in Seacliff and Aptos, right by the stairs for me to do these monstrous stairs every day and trade and all the stuff. And there's also, while I'm down there, there's going to be this world championship grip competition where you have to go like to an accredited gym and do whatever lifts they have set up and um, they compare your scores to the rest of people in the world. And um, I'm thinking about doing it. I'm thinking about just popping in while I'm there, you know, doing a couple grip tests and squeezing some stuff and then 
you know, letting the chips fall where they may, just for fun. Might happen, you know, we'll see. I'm uh I'm planning on taking my nephews to the gym and working with them. I got I got a big boy nephew who's uh who's in high school and he's doing the gym bro thing, you know, where you know, he's he's Obi's cousin and or actually he's my nephew, so he's Obi's nephew. So he's being <laughs> you know, peer pressured a ton by you know, all the other high school kids. And he's a big boy. So I get a text from him um, the other night saying, hey, man, I, I squatted 500 pounds. Da, 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 and I'm so excited. <laughs> and I'm, I am uh, I'm the cool uncle. I'm the cool uncle all the way until, <laughs> until I'm not. And then when I'm not, I am the worst uncle because I'm like, <laughs> I feel bad. I feel bad, but uh, he's my, he's my blood, you know. So I had to be real with him, and I I got pissed off, and I was like, <sighs> I was like, you're a sophomore in high school, and you're forcing your body to try and adapt into all these weights when you're not even developed yet like you're being stupid you need to stop I've already talked to him several times about training and how to how to prepare your body to build and how to get stronger while staying healthy that's my thing that's that is my mission in life and when I'm done with strongman that's that's my my goal is to help the younger kids develop their strength without setting themselves up to be in pain for the rest of their lives. <sighs> There's so many bro lifters and bro coaches out there that screw kids up. And I've been to so many football training camps where they were just having these kids do ridiculous crap. And the, the kids were tweaking themselves. And and the same thing happened to me in high school. It's just is a bad culture of bro lifting of bro strength and it's not professional you know and not not that kids need to be professional but if there's one thing that you're going to take extremely serious i think your physical health should be uh, pretty high on that list and so to me when you're in the gym when you're training to be better at life or just to feel better or to be better at sport you got to take it like a professional. You got to act very, very serious about it. It can't be just a fly by night. I'm going to see how much I can squat today because there's a bunch of kids around me. And I let it go. He was like, okay, we'll talk about it, you know, and, and I let it go. And then his mom texted me the video. His mom's my big sister. And she texted me the video, and she was all proud. She's like, look at how strong he is. And she was all happy. And I watched the video, and I think his hips drop maybe two or three inches. And then the rest of it is a good morning with 500 pounds. Just just like you'd expect from someone that age, squatting that much weight. You know, it's horrible form. He's way too tight in the hips. He never gets down. And he puts himself in such a risky position. 
that I cringed watching it. Like I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't believe my nephew who I'd already, I'd already tried to beat into his head the importance of training properly. He was still doing it and he was surrounded by a bunch of kids and they were all hollering and yelling and, and I know how that feels, man. I know how that is because that's that was me, man. That was that was the first time I ever felt accepted was in the weight room in high school. All of a sudden, I was the man. You know, I I went from being this poor dork and just weirdo to being a monster. And it's funny, like when you're a kid being different and you know being weird and you know raised by by jippy hipsies and all that stuff it's it it just it it makes you an outcast and and we traveled around so much i never really had solid friends until you know junior senior year high school and uh you know when you look back when you when i talk about it as an adult so many people are like, oh, that's so cool, you know, like, oh, that's so awesome. You you guys got to travel around and, and your, your your dad was like a biker and, and all that. Like, it sounds like, like some kind of movie, like it's a fantasy. But, but it's only in looking back that people feel that way. In the moment, nobody felt I was cool. Nobody thought I was cool when, when I was going to school in a rusted out, nasty 1980s Nissan pickup that was just crap, like crap. But I, I was so proud to have it. Everyone else in school had, you know, new Benzes and new BMWs. I remember this girl crying junior year. She was like bawling in the quad. And she was telling her friends that her dad got her a blue BMW instead of the red one she wanted. And I was like, man, this is this is my life. I'm I'm sitting here while everyone's consoling this poor girl who got the wrong color BMW. So I understand what it's like not to be cool and to have that moment of, oh, I'm one of the guys. I understand that feeling. You got to be stronger than that. We got to be stronger than that. We need to develop cultures in the weight rooms and in the schools and the classrooms where it's okay to not be the coolest in the room and try to get better. Where it's okay that that you're studying hard because you want good grades. Where it's okay that you're working hard because you want to be good at a sport. Where it's okay to be weird or to be different. To me, that's the only way our future gets any better than what we've had the last five years is if we bring back the mentality that we need to be our best. And then, you know, maybe it's not possible to make, make it cool, you know, like for kids to feel like it's cool. And maybe it's not supposed to be. Maybe it's supposed to be really hard to be your best. And maybe you're supposed to be an outcast. Maybe most people are supposed to be vanilla. They're supposed to just cruise through and do whatever comes to them. And the people that are supposed to stand out are supposed to have a hard time. Maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. And if that's the way it is, then is what it is, man. But I, I feel like making the culture more accepting 
making it just more of an understanding that the steps to greatness aren't cool. You know, maybe understanding that the, the steps that it takes to be the best aren't just fun. And you're, you're not going to get to look cool all the time. You're not going to get to hang out and do the right, you know, do the party thing with your friends. You know, if you want to really be your best, you're not going to get to be the wild, cool guy on campus. Maybe, maybe those people get their time in high school and maybe the people that want to be their best get their time after high school. If those are the choices, man, I made the right choice. I know a lot of guys who were really cool in high school and they ain't doing shit now. I not 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 even just remarking. I I have three people specific in my head that I know who were the cool guys in school. One of them was a bully to me and now they ain't doing shit. They're not they're not doing nothing. I I think uh the juice is worth the squeeze if you're willing if you're willing to fight against the peer pressure and, and the, the cool guys and all that stuff. On the other side of that, there's a, a lot longer lasting happiness than the moment you get of being cool, you know. But you know, that's that's just me. Maybe I don't know, maybe I'm not cool enough to get it. <laughs> Happy Memorial Day, guys. It's Monday. I am a, a day late putting this out. I've been running around doing some stuff and uh, I'm gonna put this out today on Memorial Day, recording it this morning. And um I I just wanted to say something about it. It's an important holiday to me and my family. Uh, having a lot of veterans and, and stuff and um you know, it's uh <sighs> It's one of the holidays I, I kind of have a struggle with. Um, you know, we've been talking about culture and everything, and I just, I, I'm, I'm so sick of everything having to be such a downer. And now, I, I understand things are hard, and life comes at you in a way that is just surprising and uprooting and abrasive, but... There's so many moments that we should celebrate that we instead mourn. And I feel like this is one of those holidays that we should celebrate and not mourn. And uh, you look on social media and everyone's mourning, but they're, they're pretending to mourn. They're pretending to mourn because that's socially acceptable to pretend to mourn on social media. But <laughs> pretending and doing are very close. You know, you ever grown up uh, in being around kids who pretended to be whatever, right? They either pretended to be goth to get in with the goth kids, or I grew up in the hood. I knew kids who pretended to be gangster. And what happens is those kids end up falling in situations where they're actually forced to be what they're pretending to be. You don't, you don't get away with pretending for long without actually having having that effect or having that effect on other people. So basically everyone out there is throwing up I'm sad posts and whether or not they actually feel sad, the effect is sadness. The effect on somebody out there is sadness. Somebody is seeing 4,000 posts today that are all sad and they're sad because of it. And I, I don't understand that. I don't get it. 
these men and women gave their life for the greatest country on earth, they should be celebrated. Today should be a fucking party. It should be an eastbound and down type of party with fireworks and just American flags all over the place and just drunk-ass celebration saying thank you so much for what I have right now because without you, we wouldn't have this. And because we have this, I'm going to use it. I'm going to enjoy it today. I'm going to feel the freedom that you bought with your life. And I I feel like it's a waste. I feel so pent up about about this. Like there's no there's no there's no way for me to get this across to people, you know? Like I've got friends and and people that I don't know do know. Everybody feels this certain kind of way and it's like this momentum has come, you know, like Santa Claus comes on the 25th of December and on Memorial Day, the sad man comes to tell us it's sad. But I've got family with my last name that were buried taking care of, gosh, I caught myself, sorry. Like I said, this holiday means a lot to me. This country means a lot to me. I have family with my last name buried in the ground all in the name of our freedom. And I want them to know that I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I want my family, my friends, my people to know that their sacrifice, it wasn't a waste, not for me. Because I'm gonna drink every last bit of freedom up that I can in this life as hard as I can, as wild as I can, as American as I possibly can, to say thank you so much. Thank you for your sacrifice. Oh, man. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm on a, I'm a very emotional guy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wild man. And, uh, I get less wild over time, but I get much more crazy and I get much more comfortable with the crazy. (laughs) But, um, you know, I just, you know, I, I wish we celebrated people more. You know, when I'm, when I pass, I really hope that the people who loved me and do love me, the people who love me, I hope they spark up a blunt have a drink, hang out, tell stories, you know, talk about the time we did that thing we shouldn't have done. Tell them everything. Tell them everything. And just have laughs. You know, I really, I hope on 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 my gravestone is a joke. I hope that Everybody, everybody has a great time at my funeral. I hope it also doesn't happen for a while. I got a little six-year-old, so I got I got to be around here for a while. Raise me a man. <laughs> but when the time comes, celebrate. Don't be sad for me. Celebrate. And that's what I'm doing today for Memorial Day. And ultimately, when the time comes, 
honestly, I'd, I'd like to go out like my grandpa. I'd like to go out wide-eyed and crazy, just like my grandpa. Not asleep and tied up in the back seat like the rest of the people in the car with him. Ah, I'm just joking. My grandpa didn't die like that. I'm just kidding. <sighs> so I should totally put KKK in the title boy more often. <laughs> I put... And I got a little note in the descriptions, like uh, when you put stuff up, like the description is very important. And I was like, oh, I don't, you know, I didn't want to put um, KKK in the title uh, two episodes ago because I actually went into a whole situation where someone was making rumors up about me and and all this stuff. And, and um, I didn't want to draw attention to that specifically, so... I did what I considered smart and I waited till the next episode where I did like a slight quick little recap and then I put, you know, the KKK in the title or in the description of the episode. And with that, I tripled my downloads. <laughs> People love bullshit, man. They love the bullshit. They're here for the shit. Give us the shit. Manja, manja, manja. Give me the shit. And that's what they want. They wanted some drama and some bullshit. But I was smart and clever. I made them listen to an entire episode that had no bullshit. And then they would have to go back and listen to the episode before just to get the shit that they were here for. So, uh, I've learned. I think I'm going to put crazy racist stuff in my titles. <laughs> no, not racist stuff. But um, it was funny to see that. It was funny to see, like, I put three letters in my description. And because of that, <laughs> I got triple downloads. It's, like, so ridiculous. Funny. You know, whatever. Oh, man. So, yeah, you know, um, with World's, World's Strongest Man, um, some, some came up beforehand. And uh, I didn't want to address it just because... It involves one of my favorite people, but um, I can't ignore, I can't just ignore something because I like the person involved. Um, it's not very honest to me, especially when this podcast is all about the mad ramblings. It's all about getting everything off my chest that I feel like other social medias don't allow me to get off my chest. It's all about honest and real communication with the people who choose to follow me on here. And it's about an inside look. This is an inside look at the strength world from someone who has a unique perspective and also just a unique motherfucker. I'm, I'm weird. Y'all already know that. And so... I wanted to avoid it, but I'm I'm feeling like it just got something's got to be said. And um so uh representatives at World's Ultimate Strongman um came out just before World's Strongest Man. I think it was the day or two before World's Strongest Man. And they had released a video. They they had FaceTime Luke Stoltman and screen recorded him without telling him. Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure from talking to a couple people, that's illegal to then share that. Um, 
I, I, I don't know if there's going to be any recourse. Probably not. But a total dick move. On the, at the very least, total, total dick move and sneaky, slimy grossness all attached to it. But they screen recorded one of their athletes in a FaceTime uh, just to have blackmail um, ammo, I guess. You know, ammunition for blackmailing him. And, uh, yeah, it, they got him talking about World's Strongest Man and how they picked the groups and how, you know, like... Uh, it, I didn't see the whole thing. I'd seen clips and um, parts. I already knew what he was talking about, but um, about how, you know, certain guys get easier groups or whatever, and that's based off of uh, who they like and and who they don't like. And um, when you look at how World's Strongest Man does the seedings, it's super easy to, you know, take it either way like you it's so easy for inflection <laughs> uh but world's strongest man they pick the groups by seating so whoever they feel is ranked one through ten they break them up so like number one and number ten are in group one number two and number nine are in group two and number three and number eight are in group three and so on and so on and then it just gets broken up from there and uh you know I know a lot of people who have no involvement whatsoever, who will never be involved in World's Strongest Man, and who moonlight or hobby as strongmen love to talk crap about World's Strongest Man, about this, about that. But those people talk crap about everything. You click on their page and you're like, oh, they're talking crap about Dunkin' Donuts. And then the next thing, they're talking crap about Oscar Mayer's hot dogs. And then the next thing, it's like, oh, Hillary Clinton should be in jail. And then the next thing is World's Strongest Man is cheaters. Now, how much validity are we going to give to these, you know, repetitive bitches? Like, people who only bitch about everything like how much credibility do they deserve how much how much of a voice does a pussy get you know in, in the world of strong man i think that should be addressed in the world of strong man we are the baddest motherfuckers on the planet you know you can have a case for ufc you can have a case for strong man whatever whatever i'm not i'm not trying to get into an argument about it i'm just saying we're some bad motherfuckers and we work our ass off to be there. We sacrifice our bodies. We sacrifice our families. We sacrifice time, money, everything. We sacrifice our health for this sport. And then somebody who works in an office all week, eats McDonald's every single day, goes to the gym two days out of the week and really sits there and talks and watches other people lift, you know, maybe has one overhead workout he does a week, you know, that, that guy who's got nothing to do with anything else in the sport, that guy gets to have a voice, that guy gets to have an opinion or, or the lightweight who's been competitive his whole life and is an athlete, a beast, a monster as a lightweight but ain't strong enough to be heavyweight, ain't strong enough to be a heavyweight pro. 
that guy who's sour and upset and complains about, oh, how there's no opportunities for lightweights and all that stuff, that guy has nothing to do with Worlds. Does he get a fucking say? I understand we're moving to a place where a lot of people's voices are being projected louder and louder, but do they deserve it? And do they really have a place in all these avenues that they're trying to force themselves? I don't understand why anyone outside of potential competitors should have any kind of say on how we fucking do things. If you're never going to step foot in that arena, if you're never going to stand under the lights and in front of the camera and bury your soul, if you're not going to do that, your opinion means nothing to me about it. I don't go to... You know, the figure skating championships and tell Tanya Harding that her triple axle is is really more of a sow cow because she's not tucking her foot properly. Sorry to get into the weeds there. Most of you don't know the difference between the triple axle and the triple sow cow. But my sisters were professional figure skaters. Anyways, it's just ridiculous. It's stupid. I understand that's sport, that's that's life, that's culture. You know, you look at the NFL and everybody's complaining about something with it, right? My team's this, my team's that, and they feel attached to their team. So that's, that's it's a natural piece, but it's also natural for me to say, I don't give a fuck how you feel about it. <laughs> it, it just is what it is, you know? I feel if there's an issue with something in my sport, I will stand, and I will be the one complaining. And I, I have, I have. When when Thor got to pull his quote-unquote world record in his home gym with no other competitors and nobody else there besides him and him, his family, and the judge, I complained. I complained even though I like Thor. I don't hate Thor. I'm, I, I don't have any beef with him whatsoever. But I complained because I don't believe that that's right. It's not the same thing. It's an amazing lift, a great accomplishment, the biggest pull anyone's ever picked up from the floor. All those things are true. But it is not the same thing. And I am allowed to have that opinion. Everyone's allowed to have that opinion, but I feel that my opinion should be stated and regarded in whatever type of whatever type of decision making is going on out there. It should be regarded in that. And whoever's making the decisions, whether it be Colin Bryce or Mark Boyd or anybody fucking, anyone from any federation anywhere, they should be listening to the athletes. Now, if you're smart, you listen to the athletes, and you listen to the right kind of people outside of athletics to make it more entertaining. I understand that. But I don't think weasels, pussies, 
people who are lazy, I don't think any of those people's opinion should ever affect anyone who's on the right path. If you're working your ass off to be anything and a fucking lazy person or someone who's always negative or someone who doesn't like you or someone who just wants to see you fail for whatever reason, even though they do like you or whatever, if if you take advice from that person, you're just as bad as them. You're putting yourself in a lose-lose situation. You're not going to succeed listening to losers. Most people who are in the running to be great in anything, whether, like I said, whether it's fucking ballet, figure skating, strongman, powerlifting, football, basketball, croquet, underwater basket weaving, I don't give a fuck. Whatever you're trying to be the best at. Most people who are on that quest already know to avoid the fucking vampires. These people that suck the life out of you. Those are the people that you don't tell your dreams. Because dreams, they're not solid. They're not tangible yet. A dream is a soft and delicate thing. The Roman emperors used to say, we'd only talk about them in whispers because anything much louder and it'll break. You don't tell weak people your dreams because they'll kill them. They will suck the life out of them. You also don't take advice from weak people. That's just the way it goes. If you're trying to be your best, you cut those fucking pussies out of your life. So, when a competitor to World's Strongest Man, the week of World's Strongest Man, puts out a fucking sneaky bitch-ass video that they recorded of a friend of mine who was an actual ambassador to the sport, an ambassador to one of the greatest countries in the world with the greatest, one of the greatest histories in the world, aside from America, it, it really pisses me off. Luke Stoltman has earned his fucking stripes. Luke Stoltman is a champion of this industry. He is an amazing ambassador of the sport and is a great man. Fuck strong man. Luke Stoltman is a great man. For them to just fucking drag his name through the mud, all to try and fuck with worlds, it really just showed people who they are. Something that I knew a long time ago. There's a reason why Brian Shaw and I never competed for WS anymore. Well, Brian did once, I think, and I went to the show to uh, promote it and to be there with them after spending time with them, realized that that's a dirty organization that I should not have any affiliation with. Uh, it's To me, that's just the wrong way to do business. And uh, hopefully for Luke, it ends up just blowing over and being nothing. That's the thing is like, when there's a weasel dick out there trying to get somebody fucked, most people are like, eh. It's a weasel dick, you know? An old weasel dick comes out with the, I have to be honest. I need you to know that my beloved sport is in trouble and they're doing it, 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 it. Shut the fuck up, you fucking pussy. Another person out there who couldn't hack it in the sport, so what do they do? They rub their fat pussy lips all over everything and try and fuck it up for other people. Fuck off. 
Sorry, I got a little bit graphic there. I fucking love you, Luke. You are the man. I know you are the man. And anybody trying to swing at my boy, they're gonna have to come through me. And I'll fucking tell you what. I'm not I'm I'm not cool with that shit. I'm not cool with that shit at all. So uh great great job, Luca at Worlds, man. Great job winning your group and great job being another finalist again. The two Stoltman brothers two-time finalists both back-to-back fucking monsters the pride of scotland and the pride of world's strongest man the stoltman brothers i was looking through my emails i've been going through them a lot and i'm responding i'm doing my thing making sure i catch everybody you know if you guys ever want to uh, shoot me a message it's at um mad ramblings pod at gmail.com I got an email from somebody today. Said, "Hey man, I'm six foot eight, four hundred pounds, and why is it me who loses? How come you're the guy and I'm not? Why? How come I haven't? Uh, I I uh, I put I put I didn't want to copy the whole email. It was a really long email, and basically that was the gist of it. Was like." He was talking about why is it him that he's always losing? He's six foot eight, four hundred pounds. He works hard. How come I'm six foot eight and four hundred pounds, and I'm the guy, but he's six foot eight, four hundred pounds, and he's not? Um, and it, it was honestly, it was hard. To, it was one of the ones, one of the only ones I didn't respond to because I, I don't. I just got done telling you, don't let vampires suck your life. Well, this is a vampire. This is a fucking vampire. Great example of one. This guy wants to know why he's not the man. How the fuck am I supposed to know why you're not the man, man? I don't fucking know you. I don't know. You know. That's the thing. Is That's that's why I'm frustrated. I'm not frustrated because you're not the man. I'm frustrated because you asking me why you're not the man is why you're not the fucking man. You're not the fucking man because you're looking to someone else to tell you how to be the man when all along, you know, inside, we all know inside what it takes to be our best. We have these decisions that happen over and over and over every single day. You walk by something. Oh, should I pick that up and put it away or should I just leave it there? Do the right fucking thing again and again and again. There's no tricks to this. If you're listening to this, listen to me right fucking now. Do the next right thing. If you walk by your kitchen after you're done listening to this podcast and there's dishes in the fucking sink, clean them. If the trash is full, take the fucking trash out. If you're supposed to go work out, go work out. If you're supposed to write, If you're supposed to call your mom, if you're supposed to do anything and you feel that, you do that. That's how you show respect to the universe and that's how the universe can show you where you're supposed to be. Maybe where you're supposed to be is a bad place. Maybe where you're supposed to be is fucking rough. I've been there. I've been in the lowest lows and I was supposed to be there when I was there. Because when I was there, I kept seeing signs that I'm in the right place, even though I was in the fucking gutter. Sometimes we got to go through that. I wish I would have started doing the right thing a long time ago because I wouldn't have had to spend so much damn time in the gutter. I'm telling you this because I learned it. I learned it the hard way. 
and it was not fun. You could take this lesson right now. That I know that you can't just hear a lesson and absorb it. But if you take what I'm saying and you say, oh, I'll just try it. I'll try it. I'll give this a go. You go do that. And I fucking promise you the next time you listen to this episode next week, you'll be feeling better. And then the next week, when you come back and you listen again, you're going to be even doing better. And by next year, next year, you're going to turn this on and you're going to be like, well, this motherfucker knows what he's talking about because you're doing so much better. The universe rewards those who do the right thing. Now, you can call that God. You can call that spiritual. You can call that whatever you want. I don't know what to call it. I just know what it feels like. I know the voice when it tells me what I'm supposed to do. I know what it feels like to ignore it. And I know the results. I've been down both those roads. I'm a 37-year-old man who's been an old man since I was 16. When I was 16, I was homeless and grew up quick, man. Grew up real quick. Now, it's been 21 years since I was a kid turned into a man. And 21 years, I've learned that, man, it's so much better when I do the right thing. Easy shit. You set your alarm, pop up early, get sleep, make sure you're well-rested, well-fed. You're just on point. When you do that, when you when you don't stay up late so you can watch TV and fuck around, when you don't skip the alarm and skip the workout and try and make up for it later, when you don't walk past the trash on the floor, when you bend over and pick it up and throw it away, when you hold the door open for the lady behind you, the man behind you, when you say nice things to the cashier, when you treat people with respect, these things will reward you. And now, I I didn't say anything about the person's name. I didn't want anyone to feel bad. I just want you to know you got to earn it, man. And don't ask me no fucking questions about what you already know. That shit pisses me off, man. I got a six-year-old boy who I, man, y'all already know. I love that kid more than anything in this world. I got it, man. I got myself twice today. I'm an emotional guy. Anyways, I love that little fucker (laughs) like crazy. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't even believe. And I make him do everything that I'm talking to you guys about. I'm not just telling you guys, you know, oh, oh, practice good, good, um, practice being good to each other. I'm not just telling you to follow through with what you're supposed to do or pick your words wisely or pick your friends and avoid the vampires. I'm not just saying that shit to you. The most important person in this entire world I'm raising and I'm in charge of the man that he becomes. And I'm helping him along the same way I'm trying to help you. You're listening to this. You're a single individual. Headphones on, radio turned up, listening to my fucking weird voice. If you're listening to me right now, take my advice. 
trust me, just give yourself two fucking weeks. Two weeks to change your whole life, to change your future, to change where your spirit rests, to how you feel. It changed everything. Two weeks, you can do that. You're listening to this podcast because you want to be better. You're listening to this podcast because you want to be your best. There's nobody listening to this podcast who just doesn't give a fuck. There's not. I know you're listening. I know you hear me. For the next two weeks, make good choices. Choose the right thing. Choose the right for two weeks. And I fucking promise you, your life will change. I fucking promise you. You guys go out there and be strong and pretty. Be nice to each other. Have a great fucking week. And celebrate somebody. Don't mourn them. All right, guys. I'll catch you next week.